Hello, Rebels. Welcome to the Her Alchemy Podcast. I'm your new podcast bestie and your host, Megan Claire Hatfield, transformational coach, business mentor to wild-hearted entrepreneurs with giant dreams and unrealistic desires, soul-led coaches and creatives growing six-figure and beyond businesses, somatic and energetic alchemist for leaders, author of my book, Strange and Unusual Creatures, and head creatrix of Her Alchemy. Welcome home. Her Alchemy is a rebel feminine lifestyle and leadership brand for powerful, rebellious women, soulpreneurs, artists, black sheep, and wild hearts here for the extraordinary in life, in love, and in business. I work with magical, driven feminine rebels across the world who want it all. The soul-led business, the soul-deep love, and the soul-on-fire life. Her alchemy is for the phoenixes who have risen from the ashes again and again, for the defiant and the devotional women with unrealistic desires in business and in love, women rich with substance and soul, depth and drive. Her alchemy is for the woman who knows that she was born to lead not only an epic business, but a movement that is paradigm shifting and rooted in her story, her wisdom and her gifts. Her alchemy is for ambitious, heart-led freaks like you and me who are just doing our thing. We are creating our own path, our own success. If you are a Her Alchemy woman, which I suspect that you are, you are here for an extraordinary life that is a living, breathing work of art, a life where nothing is impossible, and a business that is a fucking masterpiece. You are not here to follow anyone else's rules but your own because you are a true leader a rebel, a goddess, a phoenix, an alchemist. You are a woman born for greatness. That's the kind of woman that I work with, a heroine, a legend in the making. You are her alchemy. So welcome home and let the magic begin. Hang out with me each week on here while I pour my heart out and have juicy conversations with you that will leave you inspired and activated for weeks. Subscribe to this podcast for weekly episodes on feminine alchemy, rebellious, artful entrepreneurship, and soul and business, love, sex, money, liberation, healing, and God. All right, let's get started. Hello, loves. So today... I am going to share the most epic masterclass ever with you as episode number four. This is an episode on the deep, dark, and holy feminine. It's a masterclass that I held about a year ago um, about the deep, dark, and holy feminine and the 10 sacred archetypes of the deep feminine. And it was just such a powerful masterclass that I held for these amazing women um, before I launched um, Violet last year, um, one of my multiple rounds of the Violet program. And I just can't keep this juice to myself. Like I'm like, this needs to be a whole podcast episode. I was going to do a podcast episode, just freestyling on the deep feminine, which I might do later on. But truly this masterclass is so packed, like jam packed with wisdom on the deep feminine. And it's just going to leave you feeling so powerful and inspired. So that, my loves, is episode four. Get ready for an epic transmission on the deep, dark, and holy feminine. All right, here we go. The deep, dark, and holy feminine has been demonized since the dawn of fucking time. 
and the reclamation and the integration of the deepest and darkest and therefore holiest and purest feminine archetypes within our psyches is the key to the feminine rising in our current culture, not just in your business, but not just in your personal life, but like in the world. So it's like your business, your personal life, and in the world. Um, This is about rising in your power, rising in your depth, rising in your confidence, rising in your wealth, in your business, and um, transitioning eventually from a patriarchy to a matriarchy. Um, This is less about gender than it is about energy. Um, I truly, truly believe that feminine leadership is the future. I believe that toxic masculine leadership is why we are in this situation today Um, with all of the wars that we have, all of the abuse that women endure every single day, all of the misogyny, all of the, the death. I could go on and on, but like genuinely feminine leadership is about leading with the utmost love for not only yourself and not only for the world, but for the people that you live in this world with. And deeply caring about the people that inhabit this earth with you um, and leading with yeah empathy and love and then it goes a step deeper right because the light feminine is gorgeous and that's like Megan like I have Megan and I have Violet and Megan is like light feminine leadership right she's very nurturing and she's very giving and that's wonderful and we need her just as much as we need the dark feminine but the thing is is that because the dark feminine has been so suppressed there's not like most of us have this out of balance thing going where it's like, sometimes we feel her and sometimes she starts to rise and then something in us just goes, nope. And then we stay up here Um, because we're afraid because the culture and the patriarchy has taught us to be afraid of the side of ourselves. Um, And light feminine leadership is beautiful in our self-leadership. But here's the thing. The deep, dark, and holy feminine, her superpower is transformation. If you want to change anything in the world and in your life, you call upon the dark feminine. If you want to nurture anything in the world in your life, you call upon the light feminine. But we're at a point right now where we are so fucking ready for something better on this in this world. Like not just for women, but for everyone. Right. And deep, dark, and holy feminine leadership is all about passion and transformation and fierce boundaries and fierce belief in yourself and fierce confidence. Um, Like no one can fuck with you, right? Like you have this vision and you go towards it no matter what. You are relentless, you are brave, you are unapologetic, you are fierce, you are transformational. And that is the energy that would actually overthrow our current system. This probably isn't going to happen in our lifetime, right? Like I'm not crazy. Like eventually, yes, I see the world being led by the feminine, um, but it's probably not going to happen in our lifetime, but it is our responsibility to do our our part in this life um, to not only rise to our fullest power, but to spread the word and to liberate and awaken and transform every woman who we come across to share our wisdom with the world, to empower women at the deepest, deepest, deepest level. The deep, dark, and holy feminine is largely about empowerment, right? And liberation and transformation. All right. So quick intro on the deep, dark, and holy feminine. She is one half of the divine feminine, right? So the divine feminine is made up of two poles. She has her light and her dark. Um, and dark does not mean toxic. So the dark feminine is not the toxic feminine and it's not the wounded feminine. Those are the two like poles down here where it's like actually very shadowy. 
Um, the dark feminine is the deep, fiery, transformational aspect of the feminine. She is like the roots that go deep beneath the soil. She is the darkness where new life is born. Like she is the seed where all change starts. Um, and she is the deepest and most potent source of power that you have access to as a woman. And she is the most demonized, right? So we cut off our connection to her. And there are many faces of the deep, dark, and holy feminine. And spoiler alert, she has way more than 10 archetypes because uh, she cannot be put in a box. Um, but if I, she's like literally has, a, a, she's a shapeshifter. So there are a limitless amount of archetypes that she can take the form as. Um, but I chose the 10 that I see the most um, with my clients, with the women that I know in the world, and also just my, with my own practice with the feminine. These are the archetypes that I know really, really well. Um, yeah, and she comes to you when she's ready. And guess what? If you signed up for this masterclass, you're here for a reason. She's calling you. At first, she calls and whispers. You start to hear it. It's like, and she starts to whisper to you and she starts to like, you're like, huh, I think there's something more for me. I think there's something more. Um, but then we just go about our daily lives, right? And then her whisper starts to get louder and louder and louder. And then she's just like screaming at you. She's like, fuck, something has to change. And that's when we like, you know, get rid of all the clothes in our closet. We move, uh, we move states. We like change our Instagram bio. We're like, I'm someone else now. Like, and she just like, is like, no, no, no. So we can either start with her in a really like participatory way. And that's beautiful too. Like you're, you're saying, yes, I want this. Or it's gotten to the point where you need her so bad that like, it's not even really a choice. You're just like, I have to change my life and I have to go deeper in my power. I have to get in touch with this part of myself because I can't keep on going, living life just above the surface because all the magic is like underneath deep, right? Right. So if you're here, you're here for a reason. She's already calling you. And the dark feminine and the light feminine have the same driving force, love. So I hope that makes her a little bit less scary for you, right? That, that's what really helped me when I met Violet. I was like, oh, she's motivated by love, right? But they have different ways of delivering their unique medicine. The light feminine is love and devotion, devotion to heal and nurture. A dark feminine is love and liberation to transform and redeem. So feel the different energies in that. And they're both needed. They are both super, super needed. Um, but for women in business, women who have their own businesses and women who want to change the world need the dark feminine. They need her. And every woman has a deep, dark and holy feminine alter ego, right? So learning how to harness that energy in your business, it's key for success, wealth, fulfillment, deep impact, respect, beautiful, beautiful power. And it's just time for the era of the deep, dark, and holy feminine to rise with a kick, the era of dark feminine leadership, the era of deeply embodied and unapologetic women in business who are rooted in their instincts, wisdom, and ancient feminine knowing. She doesn't look around to see what anyone else is doing. She's not influenced by the outer culture. She is led by the deepest pulse of wisdom in her body. She is truly unfuckwithable. Un she is so powerful. She has firm boundaries. Her essence is potent. Her existence alone is liberating and healing. 
Um, and her medicine, most importantly, is life-changing. The archetype of the healer and the archetype of the priestess are actually deep, dark, and holy feminine archetypes because she is not operating from the mind like our culture does. She is operating from deep, deep, deep in her hips and even lower than that. She's operating from like the deepest source of wisdom that she has. Yes, I already went over that. You need her. We all need her. Okay. So Violet, if Sierra's, yeah, Sierra's in here. She did the branding for, for Violet. So she made this. Thank you, Sierra. You're a freaking talented artist queen and I love you. Um, so Violet saved my life because I was really sick with chronic Lyme disease for almost five years. It was four and a half years. Um, I needed an oxygen tank to breathe at times. It was hard for me to get up the stairs at times. I had to move home with my parents. Um, I had Lyme from 22 to 26. I'm almost 30 now. So I've been in remission for a while. Um, but those four and a half years were the most transformational years of my life. And I was initiated into my feminine power and into my spiritual power. Um, during that time, I had countless spiritual awakenings. And I've been working with the feminine since I was like 18, but it didn't get really deep until those four and a half years. And what really turned the corner for me, right? was when I met Violet and I met her like in year three um, out of the four years. And I was in this breathwork ceremony with my somatic therapist. I have a mentor who is amazing and beautiful. Her name is Stephanie. She's not a coach. She's just like an embodied mentor, chiropractor, healer. Like, I don't know how to explain her, but she does amazing body work and breath work. Um, and we went so, so, so deep and that my work with her, like this was like after maybe six months of working with her. And in month three, she finally cracked my hard shell and I just felt everything that I had been suppressing for my entire life. That was a key part of my sickness was just unfelt emotions and stuck trauma. And so the emotional and spiritual healing work is really what got me like over that edge and back into health. Um, but then a few months after that, I went really deep in this breath work with her. I went really, really fucking deep. And I remember like, it wasn't even hypnosis, but I got like a full body visualization where I got dropped into the cave of my subconscious. And I was literally in a cave and I'm going to close my eyes as I describe this because I want to like give an accurate portrayal. But I was literally in a cave and it was full of stone and there was some fires in the corner and I saw this and it was dark, like no light except for the fires. And I saw this beautiful naked woman standing on the other side of the cave and her back was turned to me, but her essence was like, like I had never felt anything like that before. Like she was speaking football fields without saying anything like football fields worth of information without saying anything. Um, it's sort of like how volcanoes are um, before they erupt. And you, if, if you go next to a volcano, a volcano, which I don't recommend, but I learned this through walking, watching a documentary about volcanoes, um, the, the lava, like the, the magma, I don't know the word, but the, the fires that is inside of the volcano and the magma and the lava and like all of this turning before it explodes, but it's just resting, is the loudest sound on earth but it is so loud that we can't even register it. So for us, it's just silence. That's how Violet fell. And of course, when the, when the volcano erupts, 
right? The whole world shakes. And that's also similar to the deep, dark, and holy feminine. Like when she's like fucking ready, she's like, and you can't deny her power and her healing. Um, yeah. So I felt her corner. Or I felt her presence in the corner. And then she turned around and she walked closer to me. And she was like dripping with love and sovereignty and confidence. And I started feeling excited. And I was like, well, something important is about to happen. And this is the experience that I'm going to lead you all through the end, by the way, because every woman has her own inner violet. And that's like the point of this whole thing, right? Um, but in one hand, she was holding this ball of fire and electricity, and it was like coursing up her veins. And in the other hand, she gave me a red rose. And she gave me a mirror, and I saw that she was me. And she told me that she is me without my fear. She is both my darkness and my light. She is both my joy and my pain. She is both the me that destructs and creates. She is me without lies. She is just truth. Um, and then she showed me many scenes in my life, which I won't go over, where I actually denied her. She first came up in me when I was 13 and I killed her off because I wasn't ready for her. Um, but she showed me scenes where she wanted to just like, you know, set fire to everything that I used to know. But, you know, when you're 13, you can't set fire to your, 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 your high school. You know what I mean? So it's like, I killed her off. Cause I was like, I can't like, like I have to finish high school <laughs> and I can't just like go off on my own. Like I need my family and I need to finish school. So I wasn't ready for her and that was valid. But when I had Lyme, I, I really fucking needed her. So she showed me this vision of like every time in my life where she was there and she wanted to revolutionize and transform and save me, but I wasn't ready yet. And so then she looked at me and she was like, are you ready now? And I had nothing to lose at that point. So I was like, fuck yes. Yes, I'm ready. And from that point on, I started to heal quite rapidly from Lyme. And, you know, the rest of it took a year. But compared to the three years before that, it felt like boom, boom, boom. Like each symptom faded away after the other. Um, and she also is the one who birthed my business and has revolutionized my business every time something has needed to change. So let's get into the archetypes. The first deep, dark and holy feminine archetype is the bad girl. We love her. So the bad girl is the outlaw. She is like the OG rebel. She is an outcast. She is the black sheep of her family, usually. Um, she, she started out feeling different and other than, like she didn't belong. And society rejected her, so she rejected society. She's like a heretic. Like she just goes against the culture of what she's supposed to do. And then at some point in her maturity, she embraced her bad and embraced her very crucial, important role in society. She is here to be the sacred pattern disruptor, first in her family, that's why she's the black sheep, and then in her community, and then in the world. We fucking need her. Like she is here to shock people out of their illusions and their lies. She is here to provoke change and spark revolutions. And she's proud that she's a freak. She's a freak with a capital F. Like she loves it. Like she's energized by the fact that she's bad and different. She doesn't give a fuck about what anyone else is doing. She doesn't give a fuck about following the rules. Um, and her fuck it will serve you so well and liberate millions. Every time I've had a fuck it moment in my business and just been like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to do my own thing. 
it has resulted in more money, more clients, more happiness, more pleasure, um, more uh, just drive and power and clarity. The bad girl comes in when you've been like lurking in like the void of like, oh, I don't know, like, like the foggy, the swampy feminine, right? And the bad girl comes in like, no, fuck this. And she breaks the rules and she starts the new trend. She sets the tone and everyone else matches that, right? She doesn't like match anyone else's vibe. And her passion is stronger than her fear. She's not afraid to speak up. And she expresses herself and her truth at any cost. That's key for the greater good of all. So she is here to tell the truth. She's motivated by truth. And it hurts her when there are lies. And she's not afraid to just snap people out of it. When she is suppressed, you really suffer from good girl syndrome, right? Like you aren't using your voice in the way that you're meant to. You're a slave to other people's opinions of you. You're always wondering like, oh, like you put like a bunch of exclamation marks when you could just put a period in your emails because you're like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm a bitch. Um, you lack self-trust. You're bored. You're like, and by the way, I've been all of these things. Like every woman has. She's quietly, you're, you're quietly pissed off about a lot of things, but you don't know like what it is. You're like, I don't know. I'm just irritable. Like I'm just irritable. And I don't know what it is. That's the, that's the energy of like when your bad girl is underneath the surface and ready to come out. Um, and you're afraid that people are talking shit about you. The bad girl loves that people talk shit about her. She's like, great. Like I, she wants people to say who the fuck does she, who, who does she think she is? Right. She wants people to say that that's the point. And her gift is that she is your liberation. Everything that is holding you back, everything that is putting you in chains, she breaks that shit apart like that. She is your liberation. So when she comes into your business, it's really hot. She, you know, if you let her write your content for reals, for reals, um, it's the kind of content that people are like, Damn, that was like the freshest, juiciest burst of energy that I've ever seen in my feed. Thank fucking God that you just wrote that because I was like slowly dying inside with all of these like basic posts. And now it's like, like you can feel it when the bad girl writes the post. It feels revolutionary. Um, and let her break all of the rules that you made for yourself and your business. Even if you made these rules yesterday, if they don't feel in alignment with you today, let her break the rules. She will break the rules as many times as possible until you get into your highest phase of alignment in your business. She doesn't care about like, oh, well, like I already changed it last week. Nope. Change it again. Like at some point the dust will settle and you will know who you are. But until then, she's just going to keep breaking the rules. And if you don't let her, you will feel this intense disconnect between you and your business. Only work with client, clients that excite you, right? Um, ones that you can make magic with, like never take a client just for the money, right? You want to like be really into your clients, right? You want to like be inspired by your clients. You want to make magic with them. Charge prices that feel really good, supportive, and sexy to you. It's typical good girl to super, super, super undercharge and then think, well, if I, you know, raise my price, then no one will buy or whatever. Or like bringing up like the exact polar opposite of the spectrum and, you know, being like, well, I don't want to raise my price because, you know, I don't want to be the manipulative coach that charges a hundred thousand dollars to spend an hour with her. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, 
she makes up excuses to not do what she wants. It's like, no, if you want to raise your prices and you feel like you need to, then raise your fucking prices. Like it's, that's the change that's needed to be made. So yeah, she doesn't question the value, you know, of, of her wisdom. She has fierce boundaries, fierce standards that not only turn her on, but they turn her people on like her boundaries, inspire other women to be more empowered in their own boundaries. Um, she like, you know, do not give a fuck, decide to not give a fuck about likes or trends. Like, oh my God, when I liberated myself from this, like not caring about like dumb, like Instagram things, like views and likes, like or comments and just literally posting like whatever I feel is best to post in the moment, whatever I want to post. Um, it started to feel like art. It started to feel rebellious. It started to feel fun. And trust that you're a genius, you're a visionary, and that you know what to do next, even if it's unconventional. Um, decide that you don't give a fuck about being marketable. Like it's wild authenticity or nothing at all. If you can't settle upon a name to call yourself, fine. Doesn't matter. Like still get out there, right? Um, and don't edit yourself or shape shift. Like don't try and be someone else just because you think that's what other people want from you. I'm going to look at the chat before we go into the second archetype, which is the witch. Show chat previews. Okay, I can't see the chat and screen share, but it's all good. I'll get to the chat in a bit. Keep typing, please. I love it. Like, it shows me when there's a new chat, but I can't see it when I'm screen sharing, but I'll look at it later. Um, so the second deep, dark, and holy feminine archetype. Oh, witch. I love her so much the witch is the healer same thing <laughs> same fucking thing it is the toxic masculine and the patriarchy that decided that women who have healing powers are witches women who were burned as witches 300 years ago um you know of course there were some niche people that were doing like really dark things that like you know whatever, but most of them were literally just healers who were using their intuition and using nature to help heal their communities. And the church decided that that was witchcraft. So the witch is actually just a healer. She is skilled in emotional alchemy. She is constantly growing and changing and transforming. She has the gift of being able to influence energy in order to achieve a desired result. She understands the language of the universe and the natural laws. She's psychic, she's intuitive, she's instinctual, and she doesn't look to others for permission. She looks within because the magic is in her own body. The shadow is that she can be manipulative controlling um, because, have you ever felt like in the culture of manifestation, this underlying energy of stress? Like, oh no, now I have to manifest things and like disrupt the natural flow of the universe. Now I have to do like all these rituals to manifest something instead of just letting go and trusting. That's the shadow, right? Um, so it's important to let go and trust and participate with your magic, but don't completely like override the universal flow with your magic, if that makes sense. Um, she is deeply connected to nature. She's not afraid of the dark. She works with the unconscious and she sees the unseen and hears the unsaid. She goes into places where others fear. 
So when you feel out of control and when you feel disconnected from the natural world, like you don't have any say in what's going on in your life and you feel like there's this like magic missing in your life, that means that the witch within you is being suppressed. Or when you feel shame, by the way, about like being spiritual in public, that's also the witch being suppressed. But her gift is that she represents your power. Let her revolutionize your business through infusing a specific energy into your offers to produce a desired result. And this is as witchy as it sounds. We are literally talking intention. We are talking like visualizing energy coming through your hands. We are talking, you know, and putting it into the, into your, into your offers energetically. Um, or you could just do it all like in the, in the ethers, but just working intuitively with intentionally infusing your offers with a specific energy. Like, oh, I want this offer to be super magnetic to this specific woman, or I want this offer to heal people and to wake people up. Could be whatever you want, but intention is so powerful. And that's the witch. Um, practicing intuitive spell work. And yeah, I just went into this. It's like, it doesn't have to be like, you know, you get five bay leaves and writing, like, it doesn't have to be that, you know, but um, be intuitive about it. Let your body make spells for you. Let your body work magic for you. Let your soul work magic for you. Um, and leading with energetics, leading with energy and trusting your gut 100% of the time. Who used to watch the Vampire Diaries when they were in high school? <laughs> That's Catherine from the Vampire Diaries. Because when I was writing about the Huntress, I was like, there is a vampiric quality to the huntress. There is this quality of like, she's fucking hungry and she's not sorry about it, right? She has no shame about how ravenous she is. She is ravenous for her desires. Like, have you ever felt like you want something so bad, whether it's a goal or whether it's, the goal in your business or whether it's like the man that you want or the woman that you want or whatever, like you wanted something so bad that like, oh, like you just want to like bite into the, your desires. You want to bite into that seven figure business dream. You want to bite into that dream of you feeling like you finally are living in the house of your dreams. Like you just want it so bad that it's all consuming. Um, and there's this energy that wants to like literally bite something. Like it's, it's this prayer. She is so powerful. She has, because this hunger, this wanting to like sink her teeth into what she wants, that translates into laser focused energy and going after her desires and her goals. She sees the bigger picture and everything on the way to getting what she wants is all a part of her heroine's journey, right? Like she's not um, swayed by things that pop up in her journey. She's not swayed by, you know, uh, mishaps or, 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 you know, two steps back, one step forward. She doesn't, she doesn't care. Like her hunger for what she wants is driving her forward. Um, and when she is suppressed, you feel passionless, you feel directionless. Um, you're kind of like indifferent about your goals and the timeline upon which you achieve them. It's sort of like being too leaned back or too surrendered. Um, there's not enough of that, like, Oh, like, yes, I want this. Like a woman who wants something 
and is unapologetic about wanting it is so life-giving. Like it's so invigorating. Like a woman's hunger is gorgeous. Like men don't have the same type of hunger. Women have this hunger where she doesn't care what it like. She doesn't care how long it takes. She doesn't care, you know, what happens along with, she doesn't care what people say about her. Like she just wants what she wants and she's starving for it. So her gift is this like literal power, like this physical strength, like this, this passion, this relentlessness, this raw life force energy. Let her revolutionize your business through gaining momentum with desire-fueled drive, right? Going after exactly what you want. And so many of us who are feminine business owners are like, oh, well, like, you know, I don't want to be too masculine about like, like, whatever, fuck that. Like, this is deep, dark, and holy feminine drive. That's different. It is like really beautiful to watch a woman unapologetically go after what she wants. Uh, no more shyness, no more timidity and own your ambition, right? Like get to the point where you can say what you want without blushing, get to the point where you can say what you want without like second guessing yourself. Like, oh, but also, you know, this would be okay. Like if I don't get this, I'd be okay with this. Mm -mm. Like want what you want. 100%. You will be shocked at the amount of energy that you gain just from that alone. The fourth archetype is the phoenix. Who here knows the legend of the phoenix? The phoenix is the bird of the sun that burns up when it can no longer go on. It sings this really beautiful song when it's ready to die. And it cries these beautiful tears and the song and its tears heal other people, by the way, this is like folklore, mythic stuff. Like I'm super into mythology. Um, but when the Phoenix is ready to die, it starts crying, it starts singing and those both heal, heal people. And then it goes away to be alone because it knows that it's about to burn up. It's about to be set aflame and it goes somewhere to be alone. It isolates. And then what happens next is that sets itself on fire like it just it erupts in flames and every piece of the phoenix is burned to ashes there is not one thing about the phoenix that's left he is completely or she is completely obliterated she i'm gonna call her the she phoenix the she phoenix was willing to give up everything in order to be reborn and that's actually what's necessary for actual rebirth will you have to give up everything no but will you have to give up a lot of things? Yeah. Can you pick and choose what you're going to have to give up? Nope. But your rebirth, your rebirth will, will tell you. So the phoenix, when the ashes are settled, this beautiful life force, divine energy starts to take hold. And the ashes start to gain this momentum and this energy. And then the phoenix is reborn from the ashes. It rises from the ashes. And it is now stronger and more beautiful and more powerful and wiser. And it has stronger wings and it has a more like lustrous coat than ever before. It is now better and stronger and more truer than it was before. So that's the legend of the Phoenix. And when this expresses herself, expresses itself in the dark feminine, it expresses herself in a woman 
who feels things incredibly deeply. She is super freaking sensitive and that is her superpower. She has been through trauma, all right? Whether it was early on in her life or recently, she has been through trauma and she is a survivor. Like she is a fucking warrior. Like she is still here, still fighting, turning pain into art like it's nothing, like it's her job. She knows that she can alchemize pain into purpose, power, passion, and even pleasure. She knows that in her bones, right? She might have to remind her mind of how to do this, but her body knows how to do it. Her body kind of dictates her death and rebirth cycles. It's not like she writes in her journal one day, like, you know what? I'm going to start feeling depressed and I'm going to start isolating and then I'm going to die and energetically and then reborn, be reborn. Like nobody wants that, you know, like nobody wants to go through that because we don't like change. The ego doesn't like disruption to what we know. However, the body does it anyway. The body decides when it's ready to die and be reborn. And I'm talking a metaphorical death, of course. Um, and we're, we'll start feeling more tired. We will go into, you know, a space where we don't, we don't talk as much. We're more reflective. Um, and we let it happen. We feel it all. We start to feel, we give in to our exhaustion. We give in to the sadness. We give in to the grief, the anger. We feel it. We fucking feel it in every cell of our body. So much so that it burns us up. And there are two expressions of the phoenix, the grieving phoenix and the angry phoenix. The grieving phoenix will cry and let her heart break over and over again because she knows that on the other side of that is more magic than she could ever imagine. Angry phoenix is like Cali energy. This is like whew, transformational breath work. This is like, uh, like really just like she is burning up in rage and she lets herself feel it all. Like she will destroy everything that is no longer true. Um, and of course, that's like what the patriarchy fears the most out of all it. Like, have you ever seen an illustration of Callie? <laughs> She's scary. She's like, like, she has this tongue, you know, like, and she eats demons for breakfast. Like she is no fucking joke, but that energy is within every woman. Every woman has this unfuckable energy, unfuckable with energy. Uh, she is the creatrix because she is also the destructress. Destructress. That's a hard word to say. I made it up. So there you go. Um, she can only create things because she also destructs things. There can be no creation without destruction, right? Like if we go back to the big bang, what did the Big Bang come from? Like, it was just blackness. We don't know what was before the blackness. Like, what the fuck? What was, <laughs> I think about shit like this all the time. What was before the blackness? Something, we don't know. It was destroyed. The entire universe was born in the darkness. And so much creation has happened. And then the earth keeps the balance by natural disasters. Um, so lava, actually, from a volcano, going back to the volcano theme, Lava becomes the new ground of the earth when it dries. So first it destructs everything in its path and then it settles in. And that's the new ground that you walk on. It hardens the rock. It start, it coats the earth with new ground. It's, it's phenomenal. So, and she knows that she knows that all new life is born in the darkness. She is so intimate with the death and rebirth process and she herself, like Mother Nature, balances the light and the dark by way of her own internal processes and cyclicality. Like what I was talking about before, her body kind of just 
and follows this natural cycle. And if we're going to take it, you know, from a menstrual cycle perspective, we literally like our uterus completely sheds every single month and we bleed and we let go and we feel tired and then, and then we're reborn and then we're ovulating and you feel amazing and we're a new woman. And then it happens all over again. And it's beautiful. It's actually beautiful. This is alchemy. This is feminine alchemy. She is the ultimate alchemist because the lessons and the wisdom that she gained through her death process, the lessons that she found in the dark and the lessons that she found in the void, which is in the, which is, you know, in between the death and the rebirth. Um, she brings it into the light and she gives it to the rest of the world. This is alchemy. She alchemizes her experiences into something beautiful that can benefit humanity. When she is suppressed, you might struggle with like feeling stuck inside of a certain emotion. You might struggle with long bouts of depression, emotional resistance, and not letting this like primordial life, death, rebirth cycle move through you. You might feel stuck or uninspired in your business, um, but you don't know why or like what to do next. So, her gift though is this glorious rebirth after the death and she is able to feel and experience the full spectrum of the human experience that's fucking beautiful like good experiences and bad experiences are just definitions of our own ego but from a soul perspective it's all beautiful because we're fucking alive and one day it's over so it's like while we're alive everything that we're experiencing is a gift and she knows that the phoenix knows that and she makes art out of her experiences that change lives. So what I've done is I've let the Phoenix revolutionize my business through integrating this life, death, rebirth cycle into the structure of my business. I literally tell my clients and I tell my audience when I'm going through something and I tell them when I'm in a death cycle or I tell them when I'm in the void and I tell them when I feel like I'm being reborn and always every single time in the rebirth process, there's a new creation whether that's a new program or a new offering or a new energy about me, there's always something new. And not being afraid to burn everything that is no longer aligned, offers, strategies, et cetera, in order for new life to come through in your business, which could be clients or programs or just a new vibe or a rebrand. And the Phoenix loves to rebrand herself, right? So she combines her rebirth with a rebrand for powerful, fresh, new energy. The fifth one, and then after this one, we're gonna have like a short dance party, bathroom break, and then we're gonna come back. Um, and I'm also gonna read the chat because I'm curious to know like what everyone is saying. So the fifth one is the dominatrix. I am obsessed with the dominatrix. I think she's amazing. And I used to hate her. I used to be so triggered by women that are like, like, see this woman's posture that used to trigger the shit out of me. Like, how dare she look at me with so much confidence? How dare she spread her legs like that? How dare she command so much power just through her presence alone? Who does she think she is? Again, the dark feminine loves that. She loves when people say, who does she think she is? Because she's you without your fear. Uh, yeah. So the dominatrix. She has mastered the art of power and influence. She understands the power dynamics within any given situation 
and she knows how to wield power, whether that's in her relationship, you know, the dominatrix goes back and forth. Dominatrix knows how to go from being dominant to submissive to dominant to submissive. And if I don't know if any of you have read the book Unbound, um, I'm forgetting the author's name. Maybe anyone who's read it can put it in the chat. But Unbound helped me understand the archetype of the dominatrix so much better because she's not always a dominatrix. A part of being a dominatrix is knowing how to switch back and forth between feeling dominant and feeling submissive. And both are holy and both are beautiful. But for any kind of spark or chemistry to be within any relationship, one has to be playing one role and one has to be playing the other role. And a lot of the time with women, we're, we're afraid of that dominatrix energy. So we just stay in this role. And we're like, why are none of my sales calls converting? Or like, why is like, you know, why is this slow in my business? It's like, because you need to step in to the version of you that is not afraid to lead. So your clients feel safe with you. So your people feel safe with you. It's an act of service to be dominant in some situations. Being dominant means that your energy is going outwards and focusing on the person that you're interacting with versus your energy is going inwards and paying attention to yourself. Like you are looking at the person that you're talking to and your energy is penetrating their field and helping them come into their own power or guiding them through a specific decision they're making or guiding them through a conversation, whatever it is. Um, and then in a more submissive role, the feminine, her energy goes inwards. She, she's paying attention to, you know, what she looks like. She is... Um, feeling her own body. She's really like in her body. You know what I mean? So the dominatrix gives attention, instructions, and direction and insight. And that's beautiful. She must lead. That's what the dominatrix does. And she is magnetic and admirable in her bad bitch confidence, right? And when she is suppressed, you feel powerless. You feel like you're lacking this um, dominating gorgeous head-turning energy. You're stuck in this sub-energy, which is just as beautiful, but there needs to be balance. And you're maybe not getting the response that you want in your business, or you're unsatisfied with the amount of money that you're making, right? Because people are looking for a leader. They are looking for someone who owns their space completely and will pay attention to them. That's like what a coach or a mentor or a guide or whatever it is you do in your business does. You guide people through their own experiences. Do you have to be in your dominant energy all the time? Absolutely not. I'm a lot of the time in my sub energy, but when it's appropriate, boom, I just come into my dominatrix and she is so powerful. Her gift is charisma and power and control. So when you integrate the dominatrix into your business, you can use ethical, that's keyword ethical, dominance in your sales conversations. For example, you can put your prospective client at ease through paying close attention to them and to their needs and to their desires and your conversations with them and leading them into their own empowered choice. You're not attached to whatever you know decision they make, but you are just giving them your full presence. That is dominatrix energy. So you embody your role as a leader. You don't shy away from the spotlight. You make fearless and clear decisions in your business without wasting time and doubting yourself. 
You exercise control over your own schedule. You reschedule things when you have to. That's a dumb, dumb move. And you outsource whatever is not in your zone of genius. Like you have no problem with doing that. And you lead your team with power and grace. You're unapologetic, out loud, and certain in your leadership. Okay, so now we're going to, I'm going to catch up on the chat for a second. And then we're going to have, actually, you know what? I'm going to turn on some music. And for five minutes, you can go to the bathroom, um, get some water, dance, whatever the fuck. I'm going to read the chat and then dance. And I have to share my sound to do that. Uh, I'm having so much fun so far, you guys. It's just the best. All right. Okay, let me read the chat. Yes, I love, I love this chat, you guys. Thank you so much for being so active. Okay, I'm gonna go to the bathroom and finish this later. We'll be back in at 12 o'clock sharp. Take the energy out, dance a little bit, get some water, make some funny faces. Ugh, I love doing this like halfway through. It's so good, all right.
ready for part two i'm fucking ready i love this like halfway through dance break um so i want to respond to some of the things that i saw in the chat let's make some magic some interactive magic and i'm oh my god you guys i'm so excited for the alter ego awakening at the end it's gonna be so good so good um okay so someone said yes okay so this is really important so Alexa said, I was taught over and over that my darkness was mental illness. This is so important because I also, I had, you know, depression, anxiety ever since I was like 13, 14 years old. Um, and I've gotten intimate with like this whole thing around mental health. And what I learned so powerfully is that mental illness, like depression, anxiety, whatever it be, like whatever it is, rears its head when we are at least for me and for the women that I know in my life, I don't want to like gaslight anyone into saying like what their mental health is. Um, but for me and the women that I know, depression and anxiety rear its head when we are not integrated with our own darkness. And there's too much of a polarity. Like there's our light, there's our dark, and we feel and then in the middle, there's like shame and disconnection and like shadows and this feeling of like, I don't want to go I don't, I don't want to feel that. Like, I don't want to feel this emotion. I don't want to have that thought. I don't want to like feel this way right now because I want to like stay here and we suppress and we, you know, have, you know, certain thoughts that we don't want to think. And it's just like this vast disconnect. Um, and you know, when I started to do shadow work a few years ago, a lot of this was like being like, Yes, of course, mental illness is a real thing. Of course, medication can be life changing. I actually am pro medication, of course. Um, and at the same time, something that has really helped me a lot has been working with my dark feminine. Because when she is allowed to be here, when I am not shaming her, when I see her fucking beauty, when I let go of everything that I thought was like, bad or wrong taught to us by the patriarchy aka and like the dominant the, the dominatrix like all of these archetypes that we've been taught are like bad the witch the bad girl all of them um and i actually start to love them and i love the things that make me a woman and feminine i love getting my period i love having intense emotions i love going through a death and rebirth cycle um i fucking love like the storms i love the rebirth like i love that shit it's so interesting and artistic and um, loving the part of me that has depression, loving the part of me that has anxiety. Like, wow, she feels so deeply. How beautiful. And that's also my poetry. Like a lot of the time people with like mental health stuff, they're artists. Like they are connected to this creative life force where they make art. Right. So that's what I wanted to say. It was like working with a dark feminine actually like has drastically helped my mental health. Um, I've been feeling a rising villain energy. This is so beautiful and resonant. Will we get these slides? Yes, absolutely. Hannah's gone, but you will absolutely get these slides and also um, the replay. Lilith, yes, totally. Lilith is definitely a deep, dark, and holy feminine archetype. Um, 
Oh, I love all of these so much. You bad reputation. <laughs> Is Anna still here? I can't see. I love you so much. Had <sighs> a crisis of good girl. Wow, I love these. Okay. I love this chat so much. Okay. Great. Let's continue. Amazing. All right. How is everyone feeling, by the way? Just drop a word in the chat. Like, are you like, how are you feeling in your body? Did you like that little dance break? Like, I just want to touch in. Love this feeling deeply. Okay. Awesome. Obsessed. Inspired. Yay. This is great. Lit up. Amazing. Curious. Amazing. Okay. Curious. I love that. All right. Delicious. These are all great. Awesome. Okay. Gonna get started. <sighs> okay. Here we go. All right. So um, the sixth deep, dark, and holy feminine archetype is the seductress. I don't have to say that I love her. I think that's pretty obvious. All right. So the seductress is also known as the sacred slut. She is honestly the most shamed archetype of the feminine. She carries the most projection. She carries the most like people talking shit about her. She carries the most like uh, not, she's not allowed to be who she is. <laughs> But she uses sexuality to supercharge every area of her life. And she knows the power that her sexuality holds. And she respects it. She works with it. She loves it. It's actually the purest and the holiest part of her. Pleasure is her drug. And she is not sorry about it. She owns her sexuality. She enchants, seduces, and flirts in order to influence and bless. She exudes this like sexual energy. She's very embodied in her body. She has this intoxicating presence. The feminine, when she is tapped into her seductress energy, is literally like a walking spell. Like she walks by and you're just like, wow, what was that? She is comfortable in her body. She can be found in between your thighs, at the bottom of your deepest inhales, and in your serpentine movements. So it's like when you swivel your hips and you start to feel this like you're like, stirring the pot there she is she's really yummy and like juicy and like she takes her damn time when she is suppressed you feel tired because she is life force energy she's aliveness sex creates life right erotic energy is life force energy it supercharges you it gives you energy um and when she's suppressed you feel out of touch with her or you feel uncomfortable or you feel just like so embarrassed you can't even move. Like, I don't know if any of you have been to a pole dancing class, but my first pole dancing class was like three years ago or something. And I was so fucking embarrassed that I like could not move. Um, and then I got deeper and deeper into my sexual awakening and like my, you know, shadow work and all that. And now I'm just like, oh my God. I love my seductress. I love her so much. So, and Here's the thing about the seductress. When she is pure and embodied, she doesn't care what other people say about her. She doesn't. It's our ego and like our minds that care. But the pure energy of the seductress doesn't care because she knows that she is holy. She knows that she's doing nothing wrong by being erotic. 
she knows that she is beautiful and sexy and that's like the purest and most spiritual part of her. So when she's suppressed, you can also feel uninspired. Like you're not turning yourself on or you don't feel turned on. She gives you magnetism. She gives you an erotic energy about you that is so powerful. It's beyond words. And she gives you pleasure and aliveness. So letting her come into your business means listening very carefully to your turn-ons and your turn-offs in business. For example, if a program doesn't turn you on, don't fucking launch it. Like if it doesn't make you feel all tingly inside, don't launch it. Never discredit or ignore the holiness of your desires. Let yourself want what you want in your business and channel your sexual and erotic energy into your creative endeavors. Like this is like the muse, like this is erotic energy is creative. It is, it's artful. So when you channel that energy into your program creation, your content creation, your marketing and your branding, um, everything in your business will have this air of arrows. It will have this air of life force. It will have this air of feminine beauty and sexuality. And it's beautiful. So something that I talk about with my clients is erotic leadership. And that is leading with what's alive. Eros equals life force energy. It means prioritizing your own life force energy and the life force of your business over anything that your mind says that you you must do. Because sometimes the mind tells us that we have to do things in our business that actually make us feel dead inside. So erotic leadership is like fiercely devoting yourself to only doing things in your business that make you feel alive. Um, Because when you feel alive, other people will feel alive around you. Um, You can seduce the highest version of your clients and the women in your community forward. You can seduce the women in your sphere into fulfilling their own wildest and expansive potential through example of your own embodiment and self-leadership. Um, seduction doesn't always have to mean like you're sexually seducing them. That's not what I'm talking about at all, but just by way of your own embodiment and confidence and your own feminine sexuality, they are lit the fuck up by that. And then they are given permission to step into their own power and beauty and feminine sexuality. Um, the seductress is really, really tap into her. I will say this, and this is not something that we can go into in this masterclass because it would take too much time, but maybe I'll have another masterclass about this. It's really first doing a lot of shadow work because it's the most like hammered into us that we should be ashamed of our sexuality. That's like the first thing that women were taught to be ashamed of. Right. But I'm telling you, like, once you do that work, it is life-changing, life-changing. Oh, it's so liberating and so fun. All right, the seventh deep, dark, and holy feminine archetype is the hustler. So the hustler, she redefines the word hustle. The hustler actually doesn't hustle. She's just like, she just loves money. All right. (laughs) It's so funny because like, as I'm saying all of these archetypes, like each one is meant to make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but like, huh, interesting. Like, Every archetype of the deep, dark, and holy feminine is dark because it has been suppressed. So it's like they're meant to make you like archetypes like the lover, like, you know, or the nurturer or the mother. 
they're beautiful, but they're not shamed. So they're easy to connect with. But when you connect with these dark feminine archetypes, they also give you the most energy and the most power and the most wisdom because you're digging up the juice, right? So she is the embodiment of the woman who isn't afraid to keep climbing the mountain in order to get to the peak. She is a savage. Like she is willing to do whatever it takes as long as she likes it. She runs her business on her own terms. She is not afraid of being controversial and she will get that bag. All right. Like she loves money. She fucking loves money and she's not sorry about it. Not sorry. When she is suppressed, you have a sticky, shadowy, or on again, off again relationship with money. You judge your own relationship with money. You judge other people, other women's relationship with money. You feel shame or anger about how much money you're making or, you know, vice versa. You feel angry towards or shame other women in terms of how much money they're making. And so her gift though, here's the thing. She sees making money as innately spiritual. Money for her is like a powerful energy where she gets to practice her personal power by way of money and how it circulates in and out of her life. She doesn't care what anyone else thinks of her, her ambition and her love of making money. She is free from money shame. Her presence is energizing, sexy, edgy, liberating, exciting, And when you embody her in your business, guess what happens? Sales, 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 sales. You make more money in the way that you love to sell. Because when you're trying to sell and there's this like shadowy energy of like, "Mm," like, I don't know, like that's felt, it's felt. So clearing that up and doing that work in order to feel like, yeah, like I love money. I don't question my worth. I don't question the worth of like what I offer in my business. I want to make, you know, this amount of money this month, or I want to make this amount of money. Like she's just unapologetic and she celebrates her money wins either in public or in private. doesn't matter whatever she wants. She refuses to undercharge and she is relentless in the pursuit of going after exactly what she wants. And that's beautiful. The eighth deep, dark and holy feminine archetype is the wild woman. So the wild woman is the one who knows. She possesses an innate intelligence that goes beyond words. She is deeply instinctual. She is savageness embodied. She is dirty and therefore pure. And she's pure because she's wild. Like she stripped away. She has stripped herself of anything that was never hers to begin with. Um, she can smell a lie from a mile away. She is the wolf woman. She is deeply connected with her inner animal. And when suppressed, she will make you act out in animalistic ways. So I don't know if any of you have ever had an issue with binge eating. I did a few years ago. And what I have found is that when I started to integrate and own my fucking wild woman, I no longer had the urge to binge eat. And I haven't binge in like a few years but like I used to all the time and it was out of control and I'd act like an animal like I would not even use a fork or a knife I would literally just like with my fucking raw hands just like shovel food into my mouth on the floor I was an animal right and I don't feel ashamed of that anymore like I've done my work around that um because that's the the wild woman when she's not integrated like she will make you act like an animal 
But when she is integrated, you don't feel the need to act out. You don't feel the need to, you know, do animalistic shit. You just, you just, you're a badass. Like you are like the wolf woman. You are just like, you, in fact, you wouldn't want to binge eat because like the wild woman is deeply in tune with her own instincts and she gets like, I'm full signals and I'm hungry signals. And she listens to her body, right? She doesn't have shame. Like she just doesn't. And she is devoted to truth and will not entertain anything less. The pulse of the wild runs through her veins. She hears the call and she cannot ignore it. She does not fold herself into a shape that is not her. And she does not go along with what the culture expects of her. All right. Um, I know that when I had Lyme, I would always get these visions of me being buried in the soil, not literally being buried, but laying in the soil and then like having soil on top of me. And I felt so rejuvenated in these, just by visualizing that in my head, I'm like, why am I having these like images of me, like in the soil? And then I started going out back into nature and I started untaming myself and I started taking off my shoes and walking barefoot through the forest. I stopped shaming myself for my human instincts. Um, and I started to act, you know, like the wild woman, like, and then my health started to come back, right? Like, it's just, she is raw, animalistic, wild, wise life force energy. She is fierce in leading herself down her own path of self-actualization. She's the original rebel, the original revolutionary, because if anything is not okay in our current culture, it's a woman being wild right? She lives in alignment with nature and with the feminine. Her emotions are unrestricted and not up for debate. They just are. She does not exist for anyone else and she cannot be controlled. Similar to how men cannot control mother nature, no matter how hard he tries. Doesn't happen. When she's suppressed, you feel disconnected as fuck from your body. You might have painful menstrual cycles. You might deal with physical symptoms like fatigue or brain fog. You might feel tense and tight in your body, unexpressed or unclear. And you just feel like generally resentful, annoyed, and irritable. Um, but here's the thing. She releases you from all that was never meant to restrain you in the first place. She reminds you of what is true versus what is an illusion. She reconnects you to the pulse of all that is wild and deep and free. And she gives you the gift of raw, unfiltered emotion, which leads to deep healing and inner alchemy. In her business, she does not settle. She does not make compromises. She says, fuck off to everything in your business that is an energy leak. She protects her own energy. She rewilds her business. She leads in alignment with the natural cyclicality of the feminine, both menstrual and energetic. She gives you relentless permission slip to change your mind, to shift course and evolve in the direction of what is true. Then there's the priestess, right? The priestess is the second to last archetype. She is the medicine woman, the wise woman, the mystic and the channel. Her gift is that she can walk in between worlds, the spirit world and the mundane world. She is the conduit between the seen and the unseen. 
She is the feminine leader. She is the keeper of mysteries and the keeper of wisdom. And she is the merging of woman plus God. When she is suppressed, you know that there must be more, more magic, more depth, more richness. And like you feel like you're refusing to rise to the occasion. You feel avoidant or out of alignment with your own power. You feel disconnected from the divine, like you can't hear the voice of the divine and you feel disconnected from the feminine. Her gift is that she takes you out of illusions and distractions and back into the richness and depth of your own inner world. She reconnects you with all that is and she is your self-trust. In your business, she helps you own your power as a mystical and spiritual woman in your client work. She helps you trust in your own magic and integrate your soul's gifts into your offerings. She channels a lot of her content in her business. She channels a lot of things in her client sessions and her business is her plus God. She co-creates her business with the divine. The last archetype, my loves, before we move on to the alter ego awakening and your invitation to Violet is the queen the 10th deep, dark, and holy feminine archetype is the queen. But we can't talk about the queen without first talking about Persephone. I don't know if y'all know who Persephone is, but she changed my life forever. I'm going to give a very short version of the myth of Persephone, but you can Google it later on your own because it's so juicy. So Persephone was originally the goddess of the spring. And one day, she was minding her own business, picking flowers in a field. And one version of the myth is that she was abducted into the underworld by the god of the underworld, aka Hades. And then she fought it for a while. And then eventually she claimed her role as the queen of the underworld. And she came into her power. Um, but her mom got super depressed and was like, where's my baby? I miss her. Um, and she forged some kind of deal with Hades where Persephone could be above ground for half the year and then below ground in her own underworld for the other half of the year. And that's why we have seasons. That's a Greek mythology explanation for why we have seasons. The summer and the spring, Persephone is above ground in her light. The winter and the fall, Persephone is underground, ruling as the queen of the underworld. Another version of the myth that I like, I don't, you know, I, it's mythology. So like, who knows? But the, the one that I like the most is the version of the myth where Persephone wasn't abducted. She fell in love with Hades and she decided to venture into her own darkness. She decided she was bored of just being the goddess of the spring. She was like, I know there's more richness and power available for me. And she fell in love with Hades and she decided to go down into the underworld hand in hand, so that she can own her power at, from girl to woman as the queen of the underworld. And she reigns supreme. Um, and she is both, right? She is both the light and the dark. She is the goddess of the spring and the queen of the underworld. And that's a beautiful archetype of the queen because the queen is able, oh yeah, and this is some visuals for Persephone. The queen is able to hold two truths at once. That's like her main thing. She is able to hold two truths at once. She is loyal. She is sovereign. She is devoted. She is powerful. She possesses a quiet knowing and strength that can be heard from across the globe. She is the ultimate leader. She is both respected and feared. 
She is generous and creative, and she is completely whole within herself. She is no longer at war within herself. That's why she's the final archetype, because there is no more like, who am I? I'm all these different things. It's like, no, I am all of these things. And that's what makes me a queen. She's a master at holding multiple truths at once. She is freely and willingly dancing with polarity. She sees the bigger picture and meaning of things, and she does not rush herself on the way there. She has relaxed into who she is. She is a deeply initiated woman, and by way of her own life experience, she has earned her place on the throne. In a really beautiful way, she's sort of untouchable. When she's suppressed, you are hiding. You are not taking up the space that you are meant to. You are in conflict with different versions of yourself. You are in conflict between two sides of you. You are at war within yourself. You aren't gifting the world with your wisdom or using your voice to the fullest of your abilities. Maybe you make yourself smaller so that other women like you or are not triggered by you. You struggle with sisterhood wounds. Um, and you doubt your own abilities as a leader. Like you show up as this sort of like newbie energy when you're actually a fucking expert at what you do. So her gift is that she takes away your need to be a nice girl or a damsel in distress or the woman who everyone loves because she's nice and she never says anything that's disruptive. Um, and she gives you every last centimeter of your power and sovereignty back like that. You become the queen of your own underworld and you become the queen of your own destiny. In your business, she comes through when you never again question the value of an hour with you. You never again question the brilliance of your own creations. You never question your own leadership or your worthiness. And you never again settle for less than you deserve. You lead the people who desire your leadership with grace and love and wisdom and power. And you cultivate a potent, strong, unshakable devotion to your path. And you embody that every single day. You use long-term thinking versus short-term thinking, right? So it's not like, what will be good for me in my business this week? It's like, what is the bigger vision of my life and my business? And what can I do to honor that today? So the power of all 10 archetypes lie within your deep, dark, and holy feminine alter ego. That's the biggest thing. Your deep, dark, and holy feminine alter ego is not just one archetype. She's fucking all of them. She is all of them. And she wants to play. And that, my loves, brings this episode of the Her Alchemy podcast to a close. If you listened all the way to the end, I freaking love you. If you enjoyed and appreciated this podcast, please make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate it five stars. That would bring the biggest smile to my face. To find me on Instagram, go in the search bar and type in Her Alchemy and you will see my Instagram account, Megan Claire Hatfield. I cannot wait to connect with you also send me a dm if this episode impacted you in any way or take a screenshot of it and share it to your instagram stories and tag me and make sure to send this to anyone who needs to hear it i always want to spread the message of her alchemy and i always want to connect with my people all right babe bye